Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the Fortress of the Mind podcast. And the subject of tonight's podcast is going to be, when should I start my business? When should I start my business? And the topic was brought up to me by an email that I received a couple days ago by a reader. Very nice email, and it's long, and I'm not going to read all of it. I'll read parts of it and paraphrase other parts. But the gist of this reader's email is... He wants to know when and under what circumstances he should start to launch out on his own and start his own business. So let's take a look at his email and see what we can divine here. He says, Hello, Quintus. I'm a longtime fan and avid listener of your podcast. I've always respected the way that you handle listeners' questions and provide what they need to hear versus what they want to hear. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. He says, I'm writing because... I found myself torn between two options regarding my employment, and I'm hoping that you can maybe shed a little light on the issue or point me to some reading that can. Now I'm going to paraphrase the next parts of his email because it's very long, and the gist of it is this guy is an engineer, and I'm not going to get into too much detail, but he's an engineer and he designs some pretty high-speed, low-drag type of systems. And he says the work that he got at this initial company that he was employed at was very good, and he learned a lot, but the hours were very taxing, and he found that his overall quality of life was not what he wanted it to be. And essentially, he says he's single, he doesn't have any kids, and you know, essentially, uh, he says... Um, I'm an avid outdoorsman, love to ride motorcycle and work on the family farm, but I no longer have time for my hobbies, which only adds to my stress. I've tried on multiple occasions discussing my concerns with my boss, but nothing changes. And he goes on to say that things have degraded even more. He says, Our time on the road has increased to the point that I spend a large majority of the months in a hotel, and when we are in the field, we work seven days a week and no less than 12-hour days. Gone are all the things that made it a good company to work for, except the benefits. Now he goes on to say that he's sitting on another offer from another company, and this job is a little bit of a little bit of an improvement, but apparently not much. He says it would only provide a couple weeks of vacation per year, and he feels that he's not necessarily gaining freedom, but rather simply rearranging the misery. I like that, rearranging the misery, as I'd have to miss hunting trips and various other outdoor excursions. This is my sticking point, so to speak. We work to be able to have a life, but what's the point when work becomes our life? Reason tells me that when you cross that threshold, you're working to continue working. Wise deduction. Wise deduction. He goes on to say that he has taken steps to start doing his own freelance engineering work and IT work, But he says that he's not reached a point yet where his customer list really is big enough. He doesn't really have enough volume to sustain himself on a self-employed basis. And he essentially says that he plans to be self-employed in three years' time. And he's not sure if he should stick it out where he's at and suck it up and deal with the stress, deal with the problems. Or if he should just throw caution to the wind and do what he wants to do. He says, there are millions of people who would love to have to decide between the two high-paying jobs, but for some reason I'm really struggling with it. I only wish I would have exercised more foresight. Sorry for the length of the email, and I hope the information I provided was not a rambling mess. 
All right. So let's make some conclusions here from talking, from listening to what he's talking about. The first thing we know that this is basically a high performance type of individual. This is a guy who is used to leading a high octane lifestyle. He's a go-getter. He's a snake eater. And he's working hard. And I respect that. And as everybody knows, I've always advocated that sort of thing. That's, that's the, those are the types of traits that separate winners from losers. So bravo for doing that. But essentially, he's gotten to the point where he's drawing less and less satisfaction out of his job. And he's at a crossroads. He doesn't really know what to do. And it sounds like he wants to make that transition, but he doesn't really know when the right time is to do that. Should he do it now or should he wait? Well, before we get into that, let's first draw some broad conclusions. He's single, he's got no dependents, and he's a male. And those three things basically say that he can tolerate a little bit more risk than maybe someone who was married with dependents or might be a woman. And I'm sorry for the reality check uh, people, but the simple fact is that uh, men tend to be more adventurous and more daring uh, than women do. And that's not any criticism of women. That's just sort of the way men are wired to be. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, women tend to be more pragmatic, tend to be more calculating, uh, tend to be less inclined to take risks. So that's the background that we know. Now, my feeling is this. If, so, if someone is planning to be self-employed, You've got to go about doing it in a methodical way. In today's world of difficult-to-find jobs, in today's world of very little risk tolerance for mistakes and little room for error, uh, you can't risk screwing things up too much. Now, the stereotypical answer, the, 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 the irresponsible, bullshit, chicken-shit answer would be, oh, yeah, just go and throw caution to the wind and tell everybody to go screw off and just quit and go off and do what you want and live the life and, uh, uh, you know, experience life and, and yeah, 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 whatever, okay? Uh, you know, th there's an argument to be made for that sort of ethic and I understand that and I respect that. But on the other hand, you got to be careful that you don't do things that end up hurting you in the long term. I think that People should take steps to become self-employed if they want to, and they should be methodical about it. But you've got to go about doing it the right way. You don't want to be a dork. You don't want to be a dunce. You don't want to do something in a stupid way that hurts you. So what that means is planning, 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 biding your time, waiting for the right moment, and taking steps to make it happen. Now, he says in his email that he plans to be self-employed within three years' time. So that tells me there's a time limit that he's working with here. What I think, in my opinion, he should be doing at this point is focusing on building a cash reserve that's as large as possible. Bank that money as much as you can. If you're a single guy with no dependents, and if you've saved up a decent amount of money, you can live without any income for a reasonably extended period of time. Now, people are going to differ on how much money you need, and it all is going to depend on where you are, what sort of lifestyle you have. But when you're just starting out, you should be living a very, very minimal, a very ascetic lifestyle. So, you know, the more money you have, the better. The more money you have, the more flexibility you have. And I think at a very minimum, if you're starting to 
if you're planning to start your own business, you should be able at least to be self-sufficient for at least two years, in my opinion. I think one year is a little bit unrealistic. I think two years is great. Three would be better still if you can save up that much money that you can uh, survive for three years. And that is not that hard to do. If you're living in a city that is has a reasonable quality uh, standard of, of life and a reasonable cost of living, and you're single with no dependents, you should be able to do that without much problem. I mean, what does a single man really need to live uh, in a reasonable city? You know, 30000 a year, 40000 a year, more, less? I don't know. But if you've been working as an engineer, if you've been working in this engineering job for several years, you should have some money already saved up. I'd imagine you probably already do. So you're probably well along that road to achieving that goal already. So bravo for, for doing that. So that's the first step, is to build a cash reserve. The more money you have, the more options you've got. And the second thing is 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 really appreciating the lesson that quality overall quality of life matters and i think you already get that but i think that's also worth mentioning to listeners overall quality of life is what matters salary is great hours are great but you know if you've got a great salary and you've got no time to enjoy smelling the roses and going on trips and doing the things you want to do and cultivating relationships with the opposite sex and having time to expand your mind, to travel, to do all these things, you're missing out on life and you're going to regret it. Trust me, you will regret it. So overall quality of life matters. And when people first start out, they never think of this because they're always seduced by the high paying job at first. And then they realize that they're on the treadmill and they can never get off. So you've got to be prudent. You've got to understand that quality of life matters, a cash reserve matters, and you've got to go about it uh, in a prudent and intelligent way. The other thing that I think you should be mindful of is when it does come time to leave, you should make a point of leaving on good terms. Leaving on good terms. Now, sometimes this is not always possible because sometimes people's job situations are so bad and so knotted with personality conflicts and difficult situations and emotional turbulence that it's not possible always to leave on good terms. But you should try to anyway. Because if you're working in this field, chances are you're going to run into these people again. And there's no sense in making enemies. There's no sense in drawing blood or stirring the pot or antagonizing people. Uh, for no reason. There's just no point to it. Now, I understand that's not always possible, but you want to try to leave on good terms. You don't want to rub it in people's face, faces. You don't want to somehow imply that people who are staying there are somehow uh, worse off than you are. Because there, there is a lot of jealousy out there. There's a lot of haters. There's a lot of jealousy. And people are going to try to do things to screw you over. And it's a very common thing that when somebody leaves a job, you could get some malicious prick who might try to mess with you on your way out. You just don't you don't want to have to deal with that. So try to leave on good terms if possible. And the final suggestion I would have in this context is see if you can find a business partner. 
Now that might be not realistic, not always possible, but I'm not so sure that the solo practitioner, the single person working alone, is the best business model. Now you're going to get different schools of thought on this, you're going to get different opinions on it, but I think when you're working alone for extended periods, extended periods of time, sooner or later you're going to end up climbing the walls. And the only person you're going to have to talk to is yourself, and pretty soon you're going to be talking to yourself like a lunatic. So if you can, if possible, again, it's not always possible. You may not have a choice. You may have to start out on your own and then try to advertise for a partner, or you may have to try to talk to people. But consider it. Consider it and think about it. Consider it and think about it. But the primary point that I'd like to make, and I, I think is important to get across, is don't believe the propaganda that you hear and read by everybody else and everybody's brother and sister and uncle and aunt that you should just co throw caution to the wind, drop everything, play on the internet and sell gizmos on the internet and you're going to be rich and everything's going to be great. No, no. You, you're an engineer. You've worked very hard to achieve recognition in that field. It takes a lot of discipline, a lot of effort to get there. Uh, don't ever sell yourself short. You've got a very, very marketable set of skills. Engineers are in high demand all over the world. You could work in the U.S. You could work in any number of countries. There are many, many countries out there that are dying to have engineers, people with engineering degrees and engineering experience. So you've got a lot of options. In fact, you're very, very, very well-placed to achieve things and to do what you want. You can essentially uh, write your own ticket, as they say. So be methodical. Plan in advance. Don't be reckless. Save your money as much as you can. And when you have enough of a nest egg, saved up when you've got enough cash reserve to allow you to live for a couple of years with little or no income coming in, then you'll know that the time is right and you'll be able to make that transition. So I wish you the best of luck, partner. Good, good, uh, good work and keep the fires burning. That will conclude our podcast for tonight. This was brought to you courtesy of Fortress of the Mind Productions. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.